0: I don't know what movie you and I were seeing. I think it might have been like G.I. Joe or something, but somewhere in the like that, the very end of the movie or like in the credits or something like just not that you and I sit through credits. So if it was credits, it was just when it just started. But there was someone, someone singing like kapow, blah, 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 blah. And then like 10 minutes later, we're walking to the car in the parking lot. (laughs) We both like at the same exact time must have just like been playing the song in our head over and over again, like the three seconds we heard and at exactly the same spot because we both went kapow (laughs) i do remember that (laughs) good times do you remember what movie it was no bummer
1: Welcome back to This Week in Film. It's the weekly podcast where we get together and talk about the movies we've seen over the past seven days. I'm Nick Penanto, joined as always by Midwest Matt Lauer. Matt, how's it going?
0: Matt, I am fine. (laughs) Doing okay, Nick. I think maybe the quarantine's starting to mess with me. (laughs)
1: I'm also good. I haven't been on quarantine this week, but I have not been at work all week. My wife was originally supposed to go on a a trip this week, and that got canceled due to coronavirus. Yeah. So I had a lot of time to watch a lot of movies. Oh, my. Yeah. So I have seen... Oh, God, he's
0: just counting. Six, seven, eight movies. Oh, Lord. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Let's see here. I saw, this won't take very long, three movies this week. Okay, boy. What'd
1: you see, Nick? All right. In order, I saw King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, Bloodshot, The Hunt, Spy, Birds of Prey, The Gentleman, Kong Skull Island. And Pacific Rim. Hmm. Is this your first time seeing Kong Skull Island? It was. Huh. For some reason, I thought you had seen that. No, because I, I had watched the second Godzilla movie, which was a disaster.
0: Oh. Maybe that's what I what I was doing in my brain. Okay. Well, that's, that's a lot of movies you saw there, Nick. Um, I saw Black Death with Eddie Redmayne and Sean Bean. Wildling. Okay. With Liv Tyler and nobody else I've ever seen in anything And also The Hunt Alright, that'll certainly save us some time And I have seen a couple of the movies you've seen too So I saw Kong Skull Island, so we'll probably spoil that Saw Birds of Prey, so I'm gonna spoil that You've seen Pacific Rim too, right? Yes, quite some time ago Is this your first yeah. time seeing Pacific
1: Rim? No, I've seen it plenty of times Oh, okay But my son was wanted to watch it, so we we watched it again
0: Gotcha! Oh man, if I were a kid, I'd be watching that every weekend.
1: Yeah, that's what we used to do. We used to watch it like once a week. That and Real Steel.
0: Oh man, is that the is that the Rock'em Sock'em Robot thing? Yeah. I was gonna say I would be watching it, or, or that Rock'em Sock'em Robot movie, and I, I couldn't remember what it was. So yeah, eh, makes sense. That movie's great. If if you haven't
1: seen Real Steel, it's fantastic. Is it's it? Really, it's yeah, it's great. It's every Rocky movie in
0: one movie. <laughs> except for robots. <laughs> yeah. So here on Real Steel Corner, not not we've only got 17 movies to talk about, so we're talking about Real Steel. One we didn't Here's the see. Movie we didn't watch. Um some other week in film. In this movie when you say it's like Rocky, is it like each person he fights, they're like, "Okay, now this one fights this way." So you got to prepare for he's like Clubber Lang, so you got to exhaust him and then fight him. Or kinda Okay. Okay. Like a little different strategy for each one. Like
1: every every robot's a different strategy, and then like Hugh Jackman goes through like this character arc, and there's a kid, and it's it's quite good. Like it's corny and all, but it's 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 really good. Hmm. I I
0: enjoy the hell out of that, and the special effects are are top notch. Well, with the movies that we did see this week, uh, Mm -hmm. I'm dead sure you're going first. What would you
1: like to start with? Let's start at the beginning with king arthur legend of the sword from 2017 directed by guy ritchie and starring charlie hunnam jude law and dijman hounzu who's put, i guess has to be in every movie i watch now <laughs> uh eric banya is also in this movie a few other people eric and, banya yeah
0: you mean banya eric Bana? banya 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 why are you putting a tilde in there
1: I, i'm spanish spanish <laughs> banna eric banya okay okay (laughs) so this movie like i said is directed by guy ritchie
0: i want to be real clear on something i had no idea this movie existed when you said king arthur legend of the Sword. i was like oh he means that cartoon from back in the day and then you said guy ritchie and i've had this vague notion that maybe people mentioned this at some point when you said 2017 then i was completely thrown i do not know what this is
1: yeah it's not very good Mm. it's uh it's it's not the worst thing. There are some pretty good moments, but as I said, it's directed by Guy Ritchie and sometimes it feels like it's directed by Guy Ritchie. <laughs> there There are these moments where you're like, this is definitely a Guy Ritchie movie, and this is really good. But then the majority of the movie feels like someone else is directing it. It feels like there are three separate directors, and the Guy Ritchie stuff is great. And the not Guy Ritchie stuff is pretty bad, and then the third director is even worse. But basically the plot of this movie is Eric Bana. There you go. (laughs) <laughs> is is like the king of england and evil wizards are attacking and he fights them off because he's got the magic sword excalibur from the lady in the lake and jude law is power hungry and so he betrays his brother eric banya banya bana and, <laughs> and and then like assumes power over the country but bana's son is Charlie Hunnam, who apparently he has, to, he has to be in every movie I watch anymore. So he grows up on the streets of London or something. You know, he's a real street tough, but he's street smart, blah, blah, blah. And uh, eventually he becomes king of England mm. because of his magic, his magic sword. It's um, like
0: Littlefingers in this too.
1: Yeah, that's Do you right. Play a, does he play a creep? No, nah, he's a good guy, hmm. which is, uh, you know, out of character. This movie, like, like I said, it's it's got a real identity crisis. And I, th- I think if it, if it was more Guy Ritchie, it would be much better. And I was reading the internet trivia and they were like, this was supposed to be part one of a six part series of films. And that's not happening because no one saw this movie. Because mm. it's not very good. It's it's crazy long too. I think it's over two hours. Yeah, it's 2. Oh. 2.06. But it feels really long. It's got a lot of boring parts. Charlie Hunnam is okay in this movie. He's still doing his Charlie Hunnam thing where he's just, hi. <sighs> I'm Charlie Hunnam. This is move his head around how I talk, and then he does that for two hours. And but it's 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 okay. I've seen worse movies. It wasn't great. I don't want to see it again,
0: but it's fine. Is Charlie Hunnam? I'm not sure. I've seen anything with him. Is he kind of like a discount actor? Like when you can't get Tom, no, I was going to say Tom Brady. Oh, God. If you can't get Tom Hardy, you get that other guy that seems like Tom Hardy. No. Charlie Hunnam is legit. He's kind of legit. He's in a lot of stuff
1: lately. He was in that Lost City of Z movie I saw a few months back. He was in Triple Frontier. Uh, He's in The Gentleman, which I'll talk about later, which is another guy, Richie movie. I'm looking at his IMDb. He's in Pacific Rim, which I will also talk about. He's the main guy in Pacific Rim. Okay, yeah. What's really funny about that is in Pacific... The first time I saw Pacific Rim, I didn't really know who Charlie Hunnam was because it's 2013. And I thought he was like a French actor who's like saying all his lines phonetically and he's just in the movie because he's an attractive guy. But no, he's just like a British guy and that's just the way he talks because that's how he talks in all of his movies. All right. But he he's okay. He's actually pretty good in this King Arthur movie. The, the last thing I saw him in was that Lost City of Z, which was okay. It was pretty boring. And I thought that maybe the... The acting of the main character was just like the way that the movie was written, but it turns out that's just the way that this Charlie Hunnam guy talks. Like He's just, I'm going to say a few words, breathe, move my head, and then say the rest of my lines. And that's just how he says all of his lines. But by the end of my 14th Charlie Hunnam movie this week, it became quite charming where I was like, this guy's great. (laughs) I like this guy a lot. So... I, I I honestly I think that's all I have for King Arthur Legend of the Sword if if you've got nothing to do and you want to watch kind of a stupid King Arthur movie I, I would say check it out it's nothing great or nothing spectacular but it's it's kind of stupid fun
0: or check out the guy's
1: whole library and come out of quarantine a Charlie Hunnam fan <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: all right I guess I'll move on to the next movie I saw all right bloodshot from move. 2020 Oof. directed by Dave Wilson, starring Vin Diesel. Guy Pierce. I think? Oh. A couple other people are I, in this. I really
0: like Guy Pierce. I wish he would not choose nothing but terrible movies. Yeah, I agree.
1: Although, the last thing I think I saw Guy Pierce in was Iron Man 3, and I like that movie a lot. So, I, I feel like I can't remember anything else Guy Pierce was in recently.
0: I think he was in that Space Prison movie that I saw with Lou. He was in Prometheus... Aged up to be like 80 for no reason whatsoever.
1: Oh, right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, you know what? I just realized I haven't seen that Alien Covenant movie yet.
0: Uh, now would probably be a good time for it.
1: <laughs> but speaking of movies I have seen, Bloodshot. Yeah. yeah. This movie, if you saw the trailer for it, you know everything about it. Based and that's on a
0: graphic sh- novel.
1: Yeah, apparently apparently, this is supposed to be part one of a, a whole cinematic universe for Valiant Comics, and Bloodshot's one of their main comic books. I've never read it. But the trailer for this movie spoils every little thing about it and it's a shame because the the twist of this movie is actually pretty good it's a pretty good twist but they tell you what it is in the trailer which is that vin diesel like the whole movie is a lie and right, vin diesel it's keeps, all made up it's all made up and vin diesel every time he wakes up he's his mind has been erased and he's basically just an assassin who gets pro- programmed to retaliate against guy what guy pierce's enemies kind of a thing
0: so like they're each time they're like giving him backstory to make him want to kill whoever they want
1: yeah exactly like they kind of just redo the same scenario over and over again but they reprogram his brain Mm. so that the person who tortures and kills his wife is a different person so
0: potentially if i had one of these other like hey mitch mcconnell killed your wife go take him out now uh wake which back is up a, all right donald which Trump, is a killed your wife federal
1: crime out. and we're only speaking in hypotheticals that no one should ever do
0: yeah i i'm not suggesting that you genetically alter anybody and program them to kill anybody including politicians oh good so, so don't don't do that so but but yeah that's
1: basically it like he, he just gets reprogrammed to kill his enemies and then that like goes on for like the first half of the movie and then things go wrong and then like the movie really begins or whatever but it's a shame that they have to spoil the the twist of the movie in the trailer because otherwise no one like no one was gonna go see this movie anyway yeah but without... except
0: for people who are just big vin diesel fans they really didn't need to spoil anything
1: right And the twist of the movie is the most interesting part where you're like, oh, everything I have just watched was a lie Uh, and we're going to we're doing it again. But it's different. Oh, this is interesting. But because, you know, everything because of the trailer, you're like, why are you wasting my time with all of this? Mm -hmm. You know, like and so it's it's strange because without the trailer, no one would go see it because it looks so generic and bad, but because of the trailer, you're interested, but the trailer ruins everything. So it's like this strange catch 22 where you don't want to go see it unless you know what it's about, but knowing what it's about makes you not want to see it. So it's like, uh, I don't know how to explain it. Uh, no, I get
0: what you're saying. I, I get what you're saying, what the what the dilemma is there. I don't, well, I mean, them spoiling everything didn't get anyone to see it anyway. So I don't know if they're necessarily in the dilemma they think they are. And I'm sure with an action movie that's supposedly got neat things going on in it, you could just show snippets without giving a bunch of context to it and still there's got to be a way to edit how long is this movie it is 149 an hour 49 okay i'm sure you could edit in a couple of the cool action scenes and stuff and still come up with a some sort of intriguing trailer
1: now, while I was watching it, the thing I thought of that would have made the movie more interesting is if they went the full groundhog day route with it, where they keep redoing the same scenes over and over again but with different actors saying all the same lines, and like Vin Diesel figures it out that way where he's like this is weird. I've I've done this before or or something like that. But instead, they the beginning of the movie they go through the whole sequence of him Basically watching his wife die and then he wakes up ready to murder and it goes on and then like that mission ends and he gets his memory wiped and he has to go through it again, but they do it in a montage sort of thing Hmm, where you're just kind of like, oh, this would be more interesting if we got to watch it all happen again. With different people, where you as a viewer, you're just kind of like, "Wait, what's happening? This isn't the same guy that or or like the, the they change things subtly in the simulation that they put into his brain. And like if you were like watching it again, you'd be like, this is what is going on here?" I think it would like add a level of confusion to mm-hmm. it or or something. And it also would make the performance in the movie a little more interesting because Vin Diesel's like acting exactly the same, but the people around him are slightly different. I think this that would have really, made it
0: really makes me want to watch Edge of tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: You know what? That's a great point. Just watch Edge of Tomorrow <laughs> because <laughs> because that's exactly what, what I'm describing, apparently. <laughs> because
0: you're absolutely right. That sort of montage, and it, like if you were to put it in a preview thing, makes me think, and, and I'm sorry because it's a complete tangent, but it's it, it's only connected to this montage thing. Did you ever see the movie The Story of Us? That's a Bruce Willis? Yeah. John Pfeiffer?
1: Yes. Is that where he like records like he's dying, so he makes videos for his kid? No. <laughs>
0: I, oh. I don't I don't think so. I I think you're thinking of my life with Michael Keaton. Oh, I think you're right. It's just a relationship movie. It's like, oh yeah, the this marriage that's messed up. But the preview for it was this montage set to this like intense classical music like like a beef it's what's for dinner you know kind of thing like there's this like high energy classical music thing going on with this quick cut montage of the family going through all these things like oh my hamster died my dog died there's this you know my first day of school whatever and it seems like wow i i want to see this this what's going on with this family boy this is back in the day i think it was heather and i went to the movie theater to see it based on this preview like really intrigued from this montage and then the montage is just a montage in the movie oh. that's like at the very end of the movie and we're like fuck that <laughs> fuck that preview right up its butt this this is a jerk move movie you're a jerk <laughs> the other thing about this movie
1: is Vin Diesel's superpowers are very unclear, like super unclear. So his body's basically full of nanobots or whatever, and they power his body. And the more he uses his superpowers, the the less power he has. So the movie implies multiple times over over the the course of the film that he's running low on power. But at no like
0: point Like each time? Or just like as he goes like he's degrading the whole time.
1: Like he gets recharged every time he goes home? Oh, okay. And like he's he only has so much power per thing, but like every time he goes on a mission he gets shot more and the more he gets shot the more power he uses up, but like at no point does he ever get weak <laughs> or anything. And spoiler alert. I'm going to ruin the ending. Okay. So if you don't want to know what the ending of this movie is, skip ahead. All but right, like I'm the hang end up. of this the end of this movie, do you want to know what the ending is? Oh uh, yeah,
0: no, I, I, I was totally I, kidding. kidding. I have okay. no intent to watch
1: this movie. The end of this movie, there's like this ridiculous fight sequence with him and these two other augmented guys that don't make any sense. And he defeats them, but it like uses up all of his power, and his nanites are down to zero percent power. So and it's you
0: would... all Vin Diesel just exactly to
1: well, like if his entire cellular structure is replaced with these tiny robots, and he's out of them, he should collapse. <laughs> just be a skeleton. <laughs> Or just die. Like, he should collapse because he's out of power. Uh-huh. But instead, instead he just turns into Vin Diesel. And it's just like, uh, there's also this sequence. During the sequence, he gets blown up a little bit. And all of the color drains from his face and his chest turns red hot like it looks in the poster for it. And you're just kind of like, what has happened? None of this has happened or been explained. And, and it has no negative effect at all. They, they try to explain like the, the nanobots inside him, like if they get used too much, they can overheat. And I guess they're trying to imply that he can go like nuclear, but that doesn't come into play at all. It's just there for a visual. I don't want to say gag because it's not a joke, but a thing. And so then he like comes out of this explosion and he's got no color. He's just black and white except for his red chest. And then the his buddy on the inside is like, your nanobytes are out of power and then he goes up to Guy Pierce who has a grenade launcher and he's just kind of like it's all me now and, and then and then they explode and you're like okay and you're both like oh thing. yes they both explode yeah. so vin diesel is 100% vin diesel and guy pierce explodes and then he wakes up again vin, vin diesel wakes up again in like a trailer uh-huh. somewhere and the his british buddy has put him back together so that there could be a sequel it's Ugh. it's bad. It was really bad.
0: I would like to see the movie in between the last scene and the one before it, where the guy's picking up all his little body parts and trying to like, <laughs> put them back together.
1: <laughs> he's got a microscope and he's like, "Here's a nanobot. Here's a nanobot." Just,
0: you think it's a movie about a guy making a puzzle, and then it's the pan, <laughs> the camera pans back, and you're like, oh, he's been building a body the whole time, and it's Vin Diesel. God damn it! He, he should have stopped. His
1: nose oh man all right so that's all i got on we bloodshot i think all right so why don't you do one of your movies now all right i have and then i'll save all the ones that we have both seen for the end so i've got two more movies that you haven't seen
0: okay well the good news here in terms of like having a million movies but not wanting to make the episode seven hours long is that I don't have a ton to say about these movies. So, uh, Black Death. This is a movie that takes place during the plague. And um, Eddie Redmayne is a monk. And Sean Bean and a handful of other, like, Crusader dudes. Well, they're, they're Crusaders, more or less. He's going with them. This movie has kind of a... the The vibe of it is somewhere between the 13th Warrior and... If you ever saw that movie with Antonio Banderas based on Eaters of the Dead? A long time ago. Yeah. um, And did you ever see the movie uh, Ravenous, which I think Guy Pierce is also. Guy Pierce? Yeah. Uh, You know, I
1: haven't, and I have always wanted to see it. Like, it's just one of those movies I haven't watched.
0: Oh, yeah. And I've
1: always wanted to.
0: You should check it out. And both of these movies have a very similar vibe. I guess the plot of this one is a little bit more... Actually, I think Ravenous, too. I think they're like looking for specific people that are known to be kind of strange. So, so yeah, maybe even Eaters of the Dead and Ravenous have some stuff that's... Or not Eaters of the Dead. The 13th Warrior and Ravenous have some stuff... Sort of in common. But this movie fits into that, like, triad. What these guys are doing is they there's been this, like, rumor... There are concerns here and there of like witches and stuff like that. And they're basically they've gotten this sort of feedback or this, this notions come down the line that like there's a necromancer they need to be following. And right now I'm making it sound very like wizardy and stuff, but it's not it's not very fantastical. It's just like uh dark, superstitious times. And there there's some sort of heretic who's doing Necromantic stuff and you all need to go hunt him down and that's what they're doing They're they're trying to go on this mission to find this guy Along the way, it's, it's not a huge journey movie. It's not a very long movie either. They kind of go through these swamps and stuff. They run into some trouble here and there. But when they find a town, they're like, okay, you know what? This town, something here seems a bit strange. and It's got kind of a, a Wicker Man vibe to it in a way. Like the people are very pleasant and nobody here has been... Seems like the the plague just hasn't exactly reached here. There are these little hints here and there of like, yeah, something here is kind of strange though. And you don't exactly know. There there are some things about it where you don't exactly know where it's going to be going. But I guess the movie more than anything is really about a couple of the characters like Eddie Redmayne and Sean Bean's characters. There's also, uh, do you know the actor John Lynch? It sounds familiar. But I can't think yeah. of the face. And he's one of those guys where, it, it, for me anyway, it would be the opposite of that, where I'd be like, oh, I know that guy's face, but I've never known who he is. He's in this, and <laughs> he's really good. He's not the main, he's not either of the main characters, but there's something about this guy that's very, he's got a very charismatic face. Like you really get kind of sucked into just really feeling for this guy because of, I think, the the expressiveness on his face. And, and Karina said something that was very similar, too. Like, she's like, oh, this guy, I want, I want this guy to be okay. But it's a very simple movie. It's not unpredictable, but you don't really know which direction things are going in here or there. It, it does kind of raise questions where you're like, wait a minute, who's, who's actually the bad guy here? <laughs> you know, like, I'm not sure whose side I should be on because... I'm following around these people but I'm not sure they've got much of a reason to be doing what they're doing. And I'll leave it at that. You know, it's it's a it's not exactly fun, but it's I I it, and and I feel that way about Ravenous too where I was like this movie isn't exactly fun, but it's kind of like a under the radar interesting little got its own kind of strange flavor to it. So it's like it, it, it's one of those things that's a. if you were to have a meal, that's not a regular meal. You know, it's not like you're like Thursday meatloaf type thing. But it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have I'm going to have that thing that I don't eat that often. I'm going to have that now like fish. <laughs> like if I have fish, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm not always wanting fish and I don't have fish very often. But when I have it, if it's OK, I'm like, yeah, all right. I should do this not more often, but again, some- sometime. <laughs> Is this a recent movie? Like, I do think uh, heard of this. I think it was 2017. Oh, okay. I never even heard of that. Yeah, let, me, let me check on this because I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's pretty recent. Oh, no, I'm wrong. I'm wrong completely. It's 2010. Oh, wow.
1: Oh, that's like way before Eddie Red- Redmayne went mainstream, right?
0: Probably, because I think that's before like Les Mis and I don't it's know. It's like even what... before Game of Thrones
1: for Sean Beam, right?
0: Yeah. Well, you know who else is in this too is a woman named Karis Von Houghton. And that's actually the Red Lady from oh. uh, Game of Thrones, Melisandra. Okay. Yeah. And uh, here's John Lynch. Let me see. Uh, I can tell you anything he's been in. Wow, he's been in eighty-five things, and as I scroll through, I'm not seeing anything. You'd know, so yeah, kind of a background dude. Yeah, but I I do pretty comfortably recommend checking this out. I, I as I was watching it, I, I did think like this is something that Nick would appreciate. So check it out. It, it, you'll you'll you might not love it, but you'll really appreciate it.
1: Okay. All right. It sounds cool.
0: It really does what it's going
1: for. I like disease movies, so... Ah, there you (laughs) go. (laughs) Speaking of disease movies, it's time for our Contagion Real Life update. Right now, we're at the point of the movie in Contagion where uh, the riots are going to start happening soon because the ignorant people of the world think that this is still a hoax. And also, they're starting to put together the plans for the wristbands that Matt Damon has to get scanned in order to go inside the mall. So that's coming. So that's your contagion update for the week. All right. Oh, boy, what a time.
0: Yeah, I Uh, I saw a picture of some of those protests that was like, here's how frightening it looks to be. In I, I I guess in a store or something with all these people like protesting at the windows and stuff with their assault rifles. Yeah, yeah, pretty disturbing. Yeah,
1: the next movie that I saw was Spy from 2015, directed by Paul Feig, and it stars Melissa McCarthy, Rose Byrne, Jude Law again. He's all over uh, the place. Yep, he sure is. I, I was sure Digimon Hanzu was going to show up in this, too, because why not? Uh in in Jason the background, Statham, Guy Pierce, <laughs> <laughs> Jason Statham is in this. There are a few other uh, cameos here and there. Uh, Allison Janney is in this. Oh, and I like her. So this movie was not terrible, but it is about 40 minutes too long. Oh, my. It's over, that's a lot of it, too long. It is over two hours long. And- I don't know if, if somehow the version that I watched was like a director's cut or something, but IMDb says it's two hours long, but the version that I watched was over two hours. Like, it was 2.10. That's,
0: I mean, that's not, that's kind of an average length at this point. There must be, if it seriously felt like it was 40 minutes too long, well, I don't even know what kind, sort of conclusion to draw from that. I, yeah. I, I mean, just, it just wow.
1: it just feels like, I think this was Paul Fagg's follow-up to Bridesmaids, Mm-hmm. pre I think it's pre pre Ghostbusters but post Bridesmaids uh he did Bridesmaids the heat and then some tv movie and then spy and then ghostbusters so bridesmaids was a huge hit and it's pretty good i like bridesmaids and then it's all right it's it's pretty good it's entertaining and then this movie is is kind of the same like bridesmaids is supposed to be sort of like a female hangover like hangover for the ladies whereas the hangovers for the fellas and so there's a lot of girl centric comedy in it if that makes sense like it's it's like a comedy for women uh-huh. instead of a comedy for men <laughs> like my sister likes these terrible comedies and i'm just like how can you watch this and <laughs> and she's just like i like it it's fun which of your sisters like,
0: are we talking about
1: lorraine okay yeah she likes she likes some crazy movies <laughs> and um and this movie is in that genre where recently i've been talking a lot about the lonely island guys or andy Sandberg comedies or will ferrell comedies where it's like a spoof of a uh, existing genre which is I guess what is a spoof is and this is basically a spoof on like a James Bond or a uh, a lesser Jason Bourne kind of thing so Jude Law is this super secret agent and Melissa McCarthy is his right hand back home like she's in his earpiece and she she can see everything with her computers and she kind of she tells she's him She's the guy in the chair She's the guy in the chair, exactly. Like she tells him, Oh, you got bad guys coming around the corner," and he's like, "Thanks." And then he punches them and knocks them out, and they're they're a great team. And he dies <laughs> in a, in a in a disaster, and then she wants revenge, so she goes out in the field for the first time as a secret agent, and oh, the hijinks that ensue because it's a Paul Fagg movie. Um, like Feig? No, that's the Marvel guy. Oh, okay, Kevin. Right? Kevin Feige oh, is the Kevin, Marvel guy.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could be saying Feig wrong. Maybe no, there's an you're annual. probably right. I'm confident on the Eric Bana thing. <laughs> this, <laughs> Not this. Not this. You're probably right.
1: And so because it's a, a... Now I'm getting my names all confused. Because it's a Paul Feig movie, there is hours upon hours of improv. And... Oh. And the reason that this movie is eight hours long is all of it's gold. All of it has to stay in. Oh, we, We need all of it.
0: I understand now how this movie could have and probably should have been an hour and a half, but ended up actually being 40 minutes to. I gotcha. Okay.
1: And the movie does have some genuine laugh out loud moments. It's got some pretty fun moments. The action's not terrible. And the storyline is, this story is stupid, but like it's, you know, it's a comedy spy movie, so it's passable. But God damn it. It is just too long. If it was 40 minutes shorter, I think, I think I would totally recommend checking it out. Like it's got a really high IMDB score. It's got a score of seven on IMDB, which is quite high, especially for a comedy. Uh And I would not disagree with that. If it was 40 minutes shorter, it's just so goddamn long. And then like it meanders and it drags its feet. And then the improv stuff, like I love improv, but like you can tell, like they're just showing the same clip over and over again with different takes. And you're like, ugh. okay, none of these are doing it for me. Like, and you could tell they left them in because they're like, oh, this is gold. Leave it all in. And you're like, oh, God. So... In a situation like this, less is more. I would say, but that's—I think—that's all I got for spy. Okay, man. When we have a lot of movies, we really fly through, <laughs> tearing right <laughs> got, through them. When we got two movies, it takes us three hours. <laughs>
0: we got well, you know, movies. I, I think maybe there's a possibility that our our minds know ahead of time, like, oh, I'm going to see a lot of movies this week, so they just they're just not as absorbed in the movie as it's going on. <laughs> If it was like, no, this is all I'm going to be seeing. It might be a bit more like, all right, I'm going to savor it. And if something doesn't work, I'm really going to take it apart. Uh Right now, you're just like, man, this feels long done. Right,
1: exactly. (laughs) Oh, Uh, man,
0: what's next? uh, Let's go with one of yours. I also watched a movie called Wildling. Uh, This is a pretty under the radar kind of thing. So Wildling is a movie from 2018. It just popped up in my Netflix feed and i was like all right I'll, I'll give it a try with no idea that there was going to be anyone in it that i actually knew but a couple people did pop up who were familiar because live tyler's in this and do you know who brad dourif is sounds familiar is that the guy who's chucky in the yes Child's yes play movies yeah 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 he does the voice of chucky he's grima worm tongue in uh the lord of the rings um, oh
1: man that's brad dourif oh i yeah. didn't know that yeah oh that's neat
0: yeah, he's he's one of those people you think of if you think of some of the X-Files episodes from back in the day that like stood out. He wasn't the guy that stretched himself tombs, but he was the, I think he was the guy who was like Cerulean Blue, Cerulean Blue, you know, like would hypnotize people. But anyway, he's in it. And and the main actor in this movie is a young lady named Belle Powley, who I thought did a, a, a good job, did a good performance. I might be kind of cagey about this movie. And it might be a good idea for me to see here what the description on IMDb is, because, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the description on Netflix was something along the lines of, this girl is kept in an attic for years. And then when she's rescued by a sheriff, she finds out who the real monster is. And in here it says, A blossoming teenager uncovers the dark secret behind her traumatic childhood. I am going to try not to say much more about the plot than that, because with that sort of setup, that's probably how you should experience this movie. And spoiler alert, I am going to recommend you check it out. It's very under the radar. It feels like a low budget, not in a bad way, but just kind of like a like maybe someone's passion project or just kind of like a quiet, small group of people wanted to put this movie together kind of movie. So you follow this girl out from where she was kind of being trapped, and you get to see her learn a bit, a little bit of about the environment. You know, it's it's a little bit of a fish out of water kind of thing, but not in a humor way. The good in this movie is probably her performance. I actually think for the most part the performances are decent. It's nice to see Liv Tyler, but there are a couple lines that she delivers that are a little bit like it's kinda of like big news that you're giving somebody. It'd be mean, kinda of like if I were to say, uh, hey Nick, this hey, isn't up? this isn't actually part of the movie. But if I were to say to you, hey Nick, uh, uh, you know, I got some bad news here. Um actually one of your kids isn't your kid. I replaced it. When you were in the hospital, deliver, I was going to say, getting your child. <laughs> when you were in the hospital and, and your wife was delivering a baby and then it went away for a minute and you got another one back, that's not your kid. <laughs> and I were to just kind of tell you like that without any sort of like, you're really going to need to brace yourself for this. You know, there's a little bit of that in this movie where it's like, huh, it seems like the character would know that this is pretty heavy news. I'll tell you one thing. Yeah. That's a legitimate
1: fear you have when you're at the hospital.
0: That you'll get someone else's kid? Uh-huh. Or at it least I, I had that.
1: Every it, time we were in the in the hospital, every time they would take the baby away, you're like, are they bringing back the same
0: baby? Well, it has happened before. Um it has, yeah. Although, I, I guess, you know, you got a matching set. With with two of them, so <laughs> the odds of those being somebody else's babies are very low. No,
1: they're not identical, though. They're, they they uh, oh, they're really? just two randos. Oh. <laughs> huh.
0: I thought I thought they were identical. Oh, my bad. The, the, I guess that's some of the bad. Is the deliveries kind of lame here and there? There are times where basically there are things that this girl has to face because she hasn't. She's lived in an attic all her life, and Liv Tyler. So she ends up kind of living with Liv Tyler temporarily. Sounds like a reality show. And it doesn't seem believable even in the movie, where it's like, yeah, the sheriff is going to take her. I'm like, I don't think it would work that way. (laughs) Even if the kid wanted to be with her, I I just don't think it would happen. But it, it does. And there are things that you would know the kid wouldn't know. And Liv Tyler's character seems to just expect her to know stuff. For instance, tampons. She's like, here's some tampons. And even as she's given it to her, I'm like, you're going to explain that to her, right? And then the girl's like, what are these? And she's like, oh, yeah, I guess I need to explain. I'm like, how dumb is this sheriff? That's a little bit of a a knock on it uh, because it happens a few times throughout the movie. This is definitely one of those movies where you're like, wow, that high school student is definitely 33. (laughs) Like, just No, no. And there's some school bullies that are a bit much and whatnot. It's kind of weird because I was like, this is like a much darker Brigsby bear. <laughs> kind of okay. thing It's like, Oh, people have been playing with this idea of people living in bunkers and gone in some fun whimsy directions. And this is going in a whole different direction. And there's one other weird thing. And it's that there is one shot in this movie. And, and I, I want to be clear, the young lady who is uh, this bell pally actress she's a cute kid not not an unattractive girl or anything but there is one shot in this movie that makes it look like she looks like mac from mac and me (laughs) it's like someone's like touching her face and so like it's not just that she looks like that thing but it's just the way it's shot it's like the angle (laughs) and it just it was weird and if you've ever seen mac and me or clips of it you'll go she looks like Mackie me right there. That's weird. So anyway, I thought that the that overall this movie was a pretty good little project. If it's from somebody who's made tons of movies, I'd say they probably could have done things a little bit better. But if it's you know someone's first, second, third movie that they're directing, they did a pretty good job. And if I knew that it was all the people making another project, I'd be interesting interested in seeing another one. And put it that okay. Way. Yeah, so right. check it out if you get a chance, which you probably will have a chance, because we're all in prison. <laughs> so, Next movie. The next movie that I watched that you did not
1: is called The Gentleman from 2019. Again, directed by Guy Ritchie. This one stars Matthew McConaughey, Charlie Hunnam. Again, Charlie Hunnam. Yep, Colin Farrell is in this, Hugh Grant. This, this is a huge cast, and oh, yeah. this movie was awesome. Awesome! Really, it was fantastic. If you like Guy Ritchie crime movies, then this is this is for you. Like if you like Snatch or Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, or what was the other one that he did after Snatch? Not Rock and Roller. I didn't like that one. There. this feels very much like snatch for the most part it's not as stylized as snatched was it's it's a different feel which is kind of neat that guy Ritchie makes like his movies all feel different but with the same touch well I guess I didn't see anything after that besides the Sherlock Holmes movies that I like oh yeah he did the man from Uncle well that explains there's a poster of that in one of the movies and Aladdin well now I got to see Aladdin because I've watched all the other ones <laughs> I guess I want a guy Ritchie kick right now anyway this movie was awesome I loved it I loved it everything about it. It was terrific. Make sure you watch it with captions on, because otherwise you don't know what the hell they're saying, because it's a lot of Cockney and British accents. But it's its fantastic. Matthew McConaughey is superb. Charlie Hunnam's great. Hugh Grant's phenomenal. Colin Farrell's fantastic. It's great. It's basically just crime. Uh, Matthew McConaughey has this weed empire that he's trying to sell. He wants to get out of the game and other people want what he's got to sell. And that's basically the plot of the movie. And it's fantastic. It's told in this very nonlinear way. And it's great. I don't really have that much more to say about it until until you watch it. But I loved it.
0: Hmm. All right. Well, oh, I will, yeah. uh, if you like snatch, uh, I'm, will, I'm willing to I give it a try. Like I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not expecting to enjoy it as much as you do, but I did enjoy snatch. I'm not, I'm not like completely like anti guy Ritchie. So I, I'm willing to give it a try if it's, if it's kind of snatchy.
1: Yeah. It was, it's cool. It's, it's a cool movie. It's, it's not the best movie, but it, but I was like the whole time I was like, I love this. This is exactly what I wanted right now. Okay. So it was, it was everything I wanted from a guy Ritchie crime movie which is great. So, I mean, that's as brief of a review as you're going to get, I guess, on this show. But, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, true. After you watch it, we'll probably say a little bit more about it, but like, there's really not a whole lot to the plot. It's just executed extremely well. Okay. Do you have another movie or are we in going into spoiler corner?
0: Yeah. I, the only other one I saw was The Hunt. So uh, all right. Wait, I guess we can go whatever order you like, good sir oh god i have four more to talk about um (laughs) all right
1: well then let's start with uh let's start with pacific rim because i think that's the oldest of the movies pacific rim from 2013 directed by is it
0: also the last charlie hunnam movie we're talking about i think so oh yeah
1: yeah it's, it's uh directed by guillermo del toro it stars charlie hunnam idris elba charlie day this also has a huge cast ron perlman basically it's robots versus monsters giant robots versus giant monsters and this movie's kick ass it's it's a lot of fun the plot is stupid as all hell yeah it doesn't make any sense and there's a there's a lot of time between monster fights sometimes but the monster fights are fantastic it's the best godzilla movie that there's ever been as far as the two american godzilla movies i guess three american godzilla movies and it's just basically giant monsters fighting robots and it's that's as basic as it gets and it works it looks fantastic. The acting is pretty good. It's like yeah. almost deliberately hokey where
0: that's, it's. That's true. It is It is kind of it is kind of tongue in cheek. Like it's kind of self-aware.
1: Yeah, it's I mean like like I said it's not good acting but it but it fits like it works. The only thing about it is it this movie is over 2 hours. It's 2 hours and yeah. 11 minutes. It's too long. It could easily be much shorter.
0: That's my um, biggest complaint. I walked away from this movie going like I liked how the action scenes played out, but I got no interest in seeing this again because it was drawn it was it's kind of like Avatar I'm like, there was something about that I enjoyed, but I do not need to go through it again. Right. It could be cut down. I'm not sure
1: what you would take out, but there's a few things here and there that don't need to be, and I think that would bring it under two hours at least. But it's a fun-ass movie. It's it, The action's great. The special effects are terrific. It makes me wish I could pilot a giant robot, and <laughs> I, my son enjoyed the hell out of it. We watched it over two days. The, the sequences where there are not monsters and robots happening he was completely disinterested and he's seven now so he got real bored real quick because there's like a long period of time where there are no robots and no monsters and he just like left (laughs) he's just like i'm gonna go do something else and i was like well we could finish this later
0: all the character stuff is just it's not it's not that interesting it's not a very compelling story it's just like well these characters are here so we're gonna tell you more about them but yeah. not because it's actually interesting story stuff. And yeah. it's not like when you flesh them out, you're like, wow, this is a character I enjoy as a character study. Cause they're not particularly complex or intriguing or anything either. Right. Um, it makes
1: the classic monster movie mistake where it tries to make the movie about people. Yeah. Where I don't care about the people. Right. I well, and about if, you, if you, you want to make it
0: about people or if you want the people to be important, like don't just take for granted that they are just cause you tell us about them. Like, Make them interesting. Like, yeah, but but they don't, they don't. It's it's so yeah. obligatory. It's just like, well, you know, we couldn't just have the whole plot be that these monsters are here. And I'm like, you know, that's why you're bringing this movie to us, though, right? Right. Like, you know, you're not bringing this to this movie to us because Charlie and and Susie and Bob are really interesting characters. So, you know, you actually don't need to do much with them. <laughs> you know, you right. don't, we don't need to see their boring, non interesting personalities just interacting with each other more. Yeah. You it's like the opposite of like Alien where you're like, mm-hmm. "Hey man, these characters, uh, there's the way they're being performed, you get a sense of like their context and their their backstory or or just like that they got to be the way they were somehow." You know, you, mm-hmm. you see uh Sigourney Weaver interacting with uh I think Tom Skerritt and you're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, okay, I can tell that these people have a certain kind of respect and tension with each other."
1: And also with Alien, the the main character keeps changing. Like, the alien? No. Or like, Sigourney like, Weaver? Like, like, like Tom Skerritt's the original main character of that movie. And then it oh. turns into Sigourney Weaver being the main character. And like because that happens, it's good that we spent time getting to know these people. Whereas this movie, you know it's Charlie Hunnam. And you know Charlie Hunnam's going to save the day from the first minute of the movie. So don't waste time making me think he's going to die. You're like, mm-hmm. I know he's not going to die. Mm-hmm. Like there's The end sequence of the movie spoiler alert is uh they save the day and he pops up in the water with his partner the female lead of the movie japanese actress rinko kikuchi (laughs) is there and we spend like five minutes of her being upset that she thinks charlie hunnam's dead and you're like we know he's not dead stop wasting my time just end the movie it's over and then he's not dead and then the movie ends it's it's waste
0: When it does come to the action stuff, though, you know, like if anybody's, oh, yeah, I haven't seen that movie. It's been around. I just never watched it. I don't know if it's worth it or not. Truly, truly, uh, like check it out when you have other things to do, too, or you've got people over to watch it with you and you can just bullshit during the pointless stuff. Mm -hmm. But the action is kind of worth watching because it is so well done. It is. Everything's moving in the way it would. So it's a lot more kinetic. It's like that Godzilla thing we were talking about where it's like, if you can only see part of Godzilla, you get a better sense in the right camera angles and stuff. Mm-hmm. In the movement, you get a better sense of how much weight there is behind what, yeah, the, what he's doing. Exactly. The weight. And, yeah. And you feel that with these things. And from what I understand, and I'm not going to bother watching it, but from what I understand, the second one blows that all. Where they're just like, yeah, they have the things move around a lot faster. And so it's like they went for a different thing with the action to make them more like they're quick fighting. But it just uh-huh. takes away all that stuff. It just makes it not work because it's like now I feel like I'm just watching these two people th- a video a game, game. You know, so, yeah, yeah.
1: Like that's part of the thing that's great about this is just the the weight of these robots trying to punch a monster in the face. <laughs> where It's just like you can feel the impact Mm-hmm. And it's executed so well and it looks really good too. Like I would say like half of this movie is all CGI and it, it looks really great.
0: It's kind of like the the opposite of like a John Wick thing where you have those moments where you start to get into the rhythm of it and you're like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. I know he, okay, punch, 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 step, punch, 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 step. Punch, And you get into, like, where none of them count anymore. None of the punches, (laughs) none of the bullets count anymore because it's just fitting into this repetitive sequence. Here you're like, oh, here comes the punch. And then you're like, wow, yeah. That one punch that took 20 seconds to deliver was oh yeah i feel it yeah of course that building is falling down now look at that go or or, you Um, know what it's the opposite of the end of man of steel yes
1: i was just gonna say that that's what i was saying um too i was like it's the opposite of man of steel where when they crash into these buildings the buildings don't just collapse like they fall through the building and then the building collapses or or falls apart the structural damage they cause to I want to say hong kong is insanity (laughs) like hong kong is abandoned after this fight because they destroy like 10 city blocks the other thing you were saying about john wick is like that movie is like fight dancing where it's Mm -hmm. very choreographed whereas the fighting in this movie feels like a brawl where at any moment somebody could just sneak an uppercut in there and that usually is what happens someone just punches somebody in the face and yeah. it's fun. Like yeah. they,
0: they both they both work,
1: but they're, but for this, the if it was dancing, it wouldn't work as well.
0: And and it is kind of based around the action. Correct me if I'm wrong here, because I I don't know how I could make this up without even seeing the second one. I've but never it, seen it. it. It was this movie, right? Where like at the end, they're like, by the way. I have a giant sword, and you're like, "Wait a minute, what? (laughs) Why didn't you use that before?"
1: Yeah, that happens. And logic,
0: you know, you can tell it's just it's just based around the fun of it because logic wise, they'd be using that the whole time. But as an audience member, you get to be like, "Oh yeah, it's on now," you know, like right. And and so many movies kind of have that dilemma before them because you want that moment where there's like a oh, yeah, they can finally bring this out. But a lot of the time, it's like, well, wait, logic would say, start with that. If if the bad guys had a giant monster that could eat half of your army, wouldn't they just be like, hey, monster, go in and take out half of the army before we get started?
1: The other thing about this movie that's dumb is the main plot is that the world governments are discontinuing the Jaeger or giant robot program because- They're just going to invest in a giant wall that Mexico is going to pay for. And so they're discontinuing the robots, which is why they only have like a few robots in the movie. And the robots are the only thing that has worked against the monsters. And they're just they're like, we're canceling the monster program. We're going to go with the wall. And then there's the sequence of a monster crashing through the wall. mm -hmm. And they're like, we still think the wall is the best way to go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And they don't go. They know where these monsters are coming from. They, you know, they're mm-hmm. like, hey, there's this hole in the ocean. And at no point are they like, how about we set some security around that hole?
1: <laughs> Why don't yeah, we're just going to put on. 10. We're going to build 10 Jaegers and just surround the hole. And then as as they come out, we'll just brutalize them. Yeah. And then we'll replace the broken robots with new robots
0: or like a turret or something. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> or like a laser
1: grid so like as the thing comes out it slices it in half or something
0: or if they have so much faith in this wall just be like hey you know what let's take a chunk of wall and drop it on top of that hole surround the hole with the wall yeah the movie has a few holes <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, all right that's that's all i got on pacific rim it's it's a fun movie yeah uh, with you next up is kong skull island from 2017 this movie was directed by jordan vaught roberts stars tom hiddleston samuel it stars the cast of the avengers endgame tom hiddleston sam jackson brie larson john c Riley, john goodman is in this somehow. Sam
0: jackson's in there right yeah i said that i think oh sorry
1: and basically the vietnam war has just ended and Samuel Jackson's itching for another fight. So, John Goodman works for the Godzilla organization Monarch and we're going to go to this new island that we've discovered and when we get there there's a great big old ape.
0: Okay, and okay. Before I know I'm asking you to 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 show your cards here a little bit but like I just want your initial reaction on this. How much more fun was this the, was this movie than you expected it to be? I loved this. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this movie was great. It's like the opposite of the Pacific Rim thing. It's like, they're like, hey, you know what? We know what you're here for. We're not going to waste any time on much other stuff. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. They could have just dropped the Kong from it and just called it Skull Island because- yeah. King Kong's not really a big part of it. He shows up and saves the day. Spoiler alert. But like for the most part it's the story of those skull monsters, the skull crawler monsters. This movie's great.
0: This movie was so much fun. How like, weird not- would it be if you did see this movie and it wasn't called like if you if they didn't tell you King Kong's in it? And you're like, watching a secret, this like a secret like a secret King Kong movie. That and would then, have been Yeah, amazing. yeah, yeah. And then King Kong just shows up and you're like, right, "Wait, did they just did they just rip off King Kong? They're going to throw a giant monkey in here and, or a giant ape in here. And, and then they're like, oh, it's Kong. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's King Kong? Oh, my it's... God. We're on King Kong's. That would
1: have been amazing. That would have uh, been fantastic. Yeah. But again, without putting King Kong on it, nobody's going to go see this. I don't think. Um, Well,
0: you know, a secret Jurassic Park movie uh, was uh, the other King Kong. They just didn't tell you that the Tyrannosaurus was from
1: Jurassic Park. Right. But yeah, this movie was awesome. It was so much fun. Like it's terrible. Don't it get me is. wrong. It's, I mean, it's, it's there's it's terrible, lots of but, dumb it, in it. but it's, but another it's one that so seems fun. kind of Self aware. Yeah, it's it knows what kind of a movie it is, and it gives you the action that you want, and it's entertaining. There's a lot of death. Like when when they show the forty seven helicopters they have going to Skull Island, I was like, we're gonna see a lot of people die. <laughs> a lot of people a lot of like the body count in this movie is going to be so high and it was like you get to see people dying left and right most of them are faceless but main characters die left and right and you're just kind of like awesome this is why we needed this huge cast for some reason this is why we needed 40 <laughs> helicopters so that we would have someone to kill every five minutes and the kills are pretty entertaining and the monsters look cool some of the special effects are a little janky like kong himself some Sometimes looks fantastic and other times looks terrible.
0: I don't know if I'm remembering completely right, but I saw this in the theater and I seem to recall the effects being very solid on the big screen, you know, but, oh yeah, you know, some of that kind of changes a little bit when you're watching it on television.
1: That's possible The when they first introduced him at one point, King Kong's holding a helicopter above his head and he's like screaming into the, he's like screaming and we're looking down on him from inside the helicopter. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this looks bad. Like mm. it may be like on a theater screen, the depth of field works a little more, uh-huh. but on a TV, I was like, wow, I can really tell that this is not actually happening. But other times he looks fantastic. He looks so good.
0: <laughs> I can tell that a helicopter is not actually being eaten by a giant ape.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it, like, I know, the I know what you looks mean. really I know what you mean. CGI. Like, yeah. it's
0: really, it, it's, it was, it was it's two just a funny images. Just a funny statement.
1: I think that monkey's a computer. That's when I yelled at that lady at King Kong. Remember when we saw that and I yelled at a lady? No. You don't remember that? No, Where? please. The ladies the ladies behind us wouldn't stop talking. And I was getting really annoyed, which was funny because you're the one who normally gets really annoyed at that. And then King Kong shows up and the lady behind us goes, I don't think that monkey's real. I think it's a computer. And I turned around and I said, lady, please be quiet. And she goes... That guy just told me to be quiet. And then I think no one said anything. And then she didn't say anything else for the rest of the movie. Well done then. I was like, or maybe I didn't say, it. I was like, I was like, lady, can you not talk so loud? Cause I lost my mind when she said, I think that monkey's a computer, but I say that line all the time. If you've never heard me say that, that's where that comes from.
0: Apparently or if I you've heard me say it. say it, but I don't remember it.
1: You were really involved in the monkey or the King Kong movie that I think you had already seen. And I made you see it again. Oh
0: man. Well, that's how you know I love you. That
1: movie's not terrible, but it no, is No, there's a whole hour
0: long. in that movie, that doesn't need to be there. Yeah. Oh, so long. Yeah. I wouldn't mind just going back and just like watching that middle hour. You know, just but, be like, all right, here With
1: The dinosaurs, yeah.
0: Yeah, but I think that's what Kong Skull Island's for, so I'll just watch that instead. Yeah. I would like to watch it again. The only thing, and I know this is just like, it just illustrates how the movie kind of does know it's stupid, but yeah. it's all, it's, this thing, it's the image that pops into my head where I'm like, nah, I don't feel like it. And it is when Tom Hiddleston puts, a, okay, so there's a ton of poisonous gas around <laughs> yeah. and Tom Hiddleston puts on a face mask to run in slow motion for like five steps. And then while still in this poisonous swamp he's just like i'm gonna take the face mask off again (laughs) and i'm like wait you're gonna die and then he doesn't and it's fine Uh, yeah and i'm like what why and why did we need that scene why did why did he even put it on in the first place? Why was it important to see him running in slow motion like something was happening? It didn't need to be there at all. Yeah. And that's all. And, and for some reason, that pops into my head and it's always the thing that stops me from going back to the well. But I, I'm pretty sure that I will watch it again at some point and that I'll also enjoy it.
1: Yeah, it was fun. And if you haven't seen it, I would say check it out and definitely watch it over godzilla king of the monsters because that movie was the worst and this was so much fun this is what you want when you see a monster movie like it was silly it was exciting short enough there's great big monsters yeah it's under two hours long it's just a shade under two hours but it's under two hours really yeah i would i would have thought it was an hour and a half no, nah, it's it's wow. not that short, but the pacing is fantastic. Stuff's constantly happening and like the downtime moments are brief, but they're interesting. Like you get to learn a few things. Like you get to learn about like John C. Riley's character has been there since World War II, and without doing a whole lot, just establish that him and the Japanese pilot that he was at war with in World War II like become friends on the island without having to oversell the whole thing.
0: Yeah, his character's and- actually pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, he's he's interesting, and he's he's John C. Riley like to a T. Like he's just doing John C. Riley, but like he's great,
0: and he's got and his John C. Riley voice, not like that vampire <laughs> assistant movie.
1: Yeah, Samuel Jackson's crazy in this movie. Tom Hiddleston's pretty good. He really doesn't have all that much to do, but he's he's good. Brie Larson's fine. I I don't know how I feel about Brie Larson. My wife and I were talking about it last night where I'm just like, there's just something about Brie Larson. I just
0: don't care for. She and Tom Hiddleston both do absolutely nothing for me. I don't have anything. I don't have anything against them and I can't have anything for them. I just feel nothing. They're like wax paper. Yeah, she's good in Captain Marvel,
1: and she's fine in this movie. But I just, whenever I see her, I'm like, mm. all right. I think that might be all I got for Kong Skull Island. All right, next, uh-huh. Birds of Prey, uh-huh. and the fan- and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn from uh-huh. 2020. No idea what you're about to say. <laughs> From 2020, directed by Kathy Yan, stars Margot Robbie, Rosie Perez, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Ewan McGregor, a few other people here and there. And this movie was fine. Huh. It was was fine. Like, it's not great. It's not the worst thing it's way better than suicide squad it's way better than uh batman, batman versus, versus superman.
0: superman oh god yeah
1: this movie feels like what a comic book movie would normally be if the marvel formula didn't exist
0: hmm. yeah okay okay yeah i can see that
1: so this feels very warner brothersy very cartoonish and the movie has a tone problem like i mm. feel like it doesn't know what it wants to be because it like a lot of the stuff that works Is when Harley Quinn's just kind of crazy, but there's like text on the screen explaining what's what she's thinking or what she's looking at and stuff like that. Stuff really worked for me, and they just kind of abandoned that.
0: Yeah, they do. Um, Yeah, that's true.
1: And then the stuff with the kid is obnoxious. I feel like Harley Quinn wouldn't just murder a child to get a diamond out of his stomach, but she wouldn't become best friends with it. The Joker would have killed the kid immediately, and Harley Quinn would not have a problem. Within doing that, she
0: wouldn't object to it,
1: right? And so, like the fact that she's like, "Uh, "I'm not going to kill you right now, but I will sacrifice you to save my own skin." That was within character, but then she's like, real sorry about it. The movie gets real—I don't know—it gets real womeny. Like towards the end, where like like they've got feelings and stuff, and I'm like, ugh, these are not these characters. These characters all hate each other. Like like they would not care about each other's feelings or betraying one another. And like they
0: should be a bit more sociopathic and less less actual bonding. Yes. Exactly.
1: Where they're trying to force this birds of prey group to form rather than it just being a a natural thing where they just do it to survive. And then they have to later they would come together again. And I think that's where the movie falls apart. So it's got a bit of an identity crisis. It's got a tone problem. A lot of the jokes don't land because of timing. Mm -hmm. Like Like someone will set up a joke and then someone will say the punchline, but it'll take too long for the punchline where I think... It should be a lot faster. Yeah, and like it
0: it could, it could land more if it was just edited a bit differently.
1: Yeah, and this also this movie's too long. Like I know it's it's only an hour forty nine, but it could be much shorter. There's a lot that could be removed to pick up the pace or whatever. But I agree with you. Margot Robbie is the best part of this movie. She's terrific. I liked her quite a bit. And did you
0: like the moment when she said you killed my sandwich? Not really. Ah, oh, damn you.
1: I like the whole <laughs> sequence of her getting the sandwich though like i like i wanted that sandwich so bad while i was See, watching it
0: i did not i did not while she was doing that, i was like oh just shut up just get, get i don't i don't need this forced character stuff but then when she was like you killed my sandwich i was like oh yeah. you no know what now i'm believing she really wanted that sandwich that wasn't just someone being dramatic <laughs> oh yeah that whole time she's watching that dude
1: make the sandwich i was like i want this sandwich she's make. she sold me on this sandwich
0: that and that's then this director's strength is is they should be doing like food commercials.
1: Uh, also, where's the Batman? <laughs> I mean, yeah, this movie I, takes <laughs> place in Gotham City and there are so many crimes happening, so much, and Batman never shows up and no one is afraid that Batman's going to
0: show up. Not at all. I said something to Karina at some point. I was like, I guess they know Batman's on vacation right now or
1: something. <laughs> yeah there's like a shootout somewhere and the Batman doesn't show up. There's a thing somewhere else and Batman doesn't show up and no one address. I wanted someone to just say, where's the goddamn Batman while all this is happening and no one addresses it. And they, they do reference him like twice. I think
0: like, cause like, Oh yeah. And, back and then I had a run in yeah. with Batman or something. Yeah.
1: Like I think Harley Quinn mentions like, yeah. And Batman punched me in the face or something like that. And but then like-
0: someone else is like, which one?
1: the The shadow of like, Batman, like should George be. Clooney. <laughs> yeah. The shadow of Batman should be all over this movie. I don't have a problem that he's not in it, but yeah. everyone should be afraid that he's going to show up at any moment.
0: There, there should be some sort of presence. It's, it's weird that his presence isn't felt at all. I mean, there's nothing even that's like, uh, there's just nothing to to say that his fingerprint is even there. You know, there's nothing like that says like Wayne Enterprises or. Yeah,
1: she names the hyena Bruce after Bruce Wayne. Mm, That's Uh, true. She like says after that hunky Wayne guy, but. If there was n- no mention of them at all, you would just be like, "Oh, are we
0: in a totally different city? Is this Joker? Oh wait, no, Batman is in that though because yeah, they're Batman all they're like yeah, movie, Bruce yeah. Wayne's all over that. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. Take th- I I completely remove my comment there.
1: And then there's there's like this other moment when Harley Quinn's driving down a highway and they're throwing dynamite at other cars. Yeah, and they pass this this street sign. Now this is like nerdy this is like me being nerdy or like wanting a an easter egg or whatever but they pass like a sign that says financial district but what i wanted it to say was like bloodhaven like yeah, yeah, turn yeah here yeah. to get to bloodhaven and then you could be like oh okay that's why there's no batman because we're not really in gotham we're right. we're in yeah. we're in camden and that's why batman's not around maybe nightwing's going to show up you know just take the story out of gotham if you're not going to have him just have her leave town i mean
0: there there are no no superheroes. There are supervillains. Yeah, uh, but there are no superheroes in this world.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like she doesn't. No one references Superman or Wonder Woman, and I feel like that's a big miss. Like they should. They should be afraid that the that the Justice League is going to show up and shut them down. And then when they don't, they're they're just like, well, we lucked out here. Yeah.
0: So just even there was a sense that it's much much more underground. But they're just like very much like out there. Walking the streets, daylight, you know, like, just like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're all here. Why wouldn't we walk around like we own the place? I don't right. know if I would need it to be like they're mentioning him all the time, but some sort of sense of, hey, this is all happening hidden because yeah. it, it just wouldn't be happening this way. Because if they were walking around like that, you'd be like, oh, there, Harley Quinn is getting a see- Oh, oh, Batman punched her. <laughs> he saw that she was right. walking yeah. around on the street and he stopped her.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So I think those are things that would have helped the movie, but but you can tell like this movie was made uh, for contractual reasons and Affleck had already left the franchise robert pattinson had not yet signed on as batman and they're not going to reveal him in this movie so they're, they're just trying to avoid everything and they even go so far as to avoid what the joker looks like in suicide squad like the jared leto joker
0: yeah this because true. i
1: think they don't know where they're going with it yeah like they they show him at one point but from behind yeah and you don't you don't see anything and then the picture she has of him he doesn't have any of the tattoos on his face or anything and i think they're they're just really unsure of where they wanted to go with this movie and that indecision really shows when you're, when you're trying to build like a, a shared world of, oh that guy was a waste i i just could not get a it seemed like every time ewan mcgregor was on scene he was a different character uh-huh i thought he was fine and the crazier he got the more i liked him up until the weird sexual assault scene in the club where he forces that guy to take that girl's clothes off because she was yeah. laughing he, and he
0: suddenly goes from super villain to like just really bad sick person like there's nothing yeah. super or like unusual about it. it's just like oh now you're just like a true crime guy this is something that, ha- that i'm hearing a terrible story about some guy who is really sick uh yeah. once upon a time and, and it's like you're not in a comic book movie anymore and i'm like go ahead be evil do really evil stuff be menacing i want mm-hmm. to feel that because you're supposed to be a menacing character but do yeah. it in a way that is a comic book way rather than suddenly being you know we just went from batman forever to silence of the lambs
1: yeah totally agree and they don't establish why he wears the black mask
0: at all for the second that he does
1: yeah and the one scene i really liked is when black canary shows up to like be his driver and he starts taking her on a tour of all the masks he has and he's so excited to talk about them. And he's just like, oh, and this mask does this, and this mask is for that. And she's like, interested. And Mr. Zaz, who I feel like they also ruined. Or didn't use very well is so sick of hearing about the masks i like that scene a lot also mr zaz not enough scars he didn't have enough scars no
0: uh um, like
1: on his chest he had a bunch but mr zaz should be like head to toe and scars yeah.
0: like yeah prominent
1: and especially if they're gonna kill him off like i don't think no one's ever dead in a comic book but if you're gonna kill off mr zaz that means he's late career zaz which means he's covered in scars like at least down to his fingers you know like yeah Mr. Zaz is like one of the first Batman villains I ever read in a Batman comic, like during the Nightfall storyline. Yeah, So he's got a real special place in my heart because he's so crazy.
0: (laughs) Well, he's he's so so prolific. I mean, he's got, I think there's the Joker who's really scary just because he's so completely unpredictable. And then there's Bane who it's like, he's really methodical. And then Zaz is just like, I am obsessed with killing people. It's not as impulsive and unpredictable as Joker. It's more like, oh, if he sees you, he's going to kill you. And he loves it. Yeah. Like, like it's his favorite. And there's sort of an element of that in this movie, but it, it's, yeah, it's, it's strange. It doesn't, there's nobody who's actually menacing except for that yeah. one moment and it's really weird and doesn't actually fit, so... But, I did like but,
1: when Harley Quinn kept hitting him with that tranquilizer dart after the Montoya shows up and says stop and he's just and she just keeps stabbing him with the tranquilizer dart. I was like that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Harley Qu- or Margot Robbie is the best part of this movie. I hope she comes back in the role because I think she deserves another shot in a better movie.
0: Just yeah, that's see, true. Yeah, it would be good to see her get to do this character with a little better material.
1: If you are on the fence about seeing Birds of Prey, it's it's worth checking out. It's not super great, but it's not bad. Yeah, set your sights um, at like a C. I think you'll leave satisfied. I left satisfied. I was like, oh, that was fine. And then like I had the complaints that I've talked about. All right, on to the final movie that i saw this week the hunt from the hunt. 2020 matt you also watched that this week sure did and this was directed by craig zobel it stars a lot of people mo- most notably hillary swank is in it uh, which i didn't know <laughs> ethan Soupley is in it he's the brother from
0: my name is earl
1: and i thought this was fine
0: i enjoyed this movie <laughs> yeah i liked it i thought it was fun I know it's a, you know, it was, I'm going to say it's not actually a controversial movie. There just happened to be controversy around it because it picks at like tropes and it exaggerates stuff. Well, hopefully it's, well, it should be exaggerations <laughs> of, you know, extremely conservative people, uh, uh, extremely liberal people, or let's say rather people caught up in the whole sidesy of things but I, the movie itself i'm like I, this movie's not doing it's not making any controversial statements it's just picking at everybody
1: nah and it's doing political, a pretty good job of it the political stuff in this movie feels is the worst part of it it feels so forced and my wife and i were talking about it after we finished it and i said to jill this movie feels like the idea of this movie is let's make a movie for conservatives made by liberals but liberals who are making a movie for conservatives the way conservatives would want a movie made by liberals. (laughs) like It's that on the nose with everything where... uh, So the plot of this movie is hardcore conservative people are being hunted down by hardcore Hardcore liberal people people because the conservatives think that that's what they do. So that's the plot. And it works. (laughs) Uh, But except that the political stuff is just so heavy-handed that it doesn't it like kind of detracts from everything
0: i didn't really have a problem with it as much but i will say like like one of my notes in here is just that it's like every line you know it it is it is heavy-handed it, it, it i don't mind that it's as extreme as it is because it's i think it's meant to be kind of you know satirical But it's too much like you can kind of feel the writers going like, okay, well, if the person is going to be make if they're going to be saying something, if they have a line, it has to be every line has to be some sort of extreme line, except for the very main character who they kind of keep as sort of neutral. They kind of find ways to like have their cake and eat it, too, with her. where They're like, we're not really going to actually put her on either side. The closest she's going to come to really. Cause it wants you to think of her as being one of the really conservative people, but the closest they come to actually committing to that is that like, she calls someone a snowflake early in the movie and the rest of it. It's like, Nope, she's just pissed. (laughs) Yeah. She's just angry and she's trying to survive. So she's sort of the wise person. In the whole movie, which sort of works in terms in terms of being able to to be on her side and, and go like, okay, you know what? I, I don't really care what she is. I want her to get through it, and I like that she doesn't like anybody because I don't like anybody. Yeah, she doesn't trust
1: anybody. It's great.
0: She works, but uh, she's a pretty good good actor. I, I've never seen her in anything before, but I I thought she did a pretty good job performance
1: yeah apparently like the frowny face that she has all the time is just her regular face she's constantly frowning and she's on that show glow that my wife watches that netflix that wrestling ladies wrestling show glow and my wife says that she looks like that in the show too like she just has like a downturn kind of a mouth but i thought you know she's great in this movie i also like the beginning of the movie your main character changes like 40 times before we settle in (laughs) Like you never get comfortable with your main character until like the halfway through the second act of the movie. Mm-hmm. Your protagonist just keeps shifting left and right. I think that's how the movie like really locked me in Is I was like, oh, well, she's dead. Oh, I guess this guy's army. Main- oh, no, he's dead. Oh, this guy's dead. like, oh oh, man, this is great.
0: Probably the first 15 minutes of the movie is just a bunch of people dying. Yeah. Crazy violent
1: too. Like the the violence is fantastic. The gore is fantastic. A few digital blood splatters that look terrible. But for the most part, this was great. This was a lot of fun. It's like an hour and a half long. And I, I thought it was so much fun.
0: Yeah. I guess we're talking about pacing in a way when it comes to like switching characters and who you're following and how that plays out. I'd say... Not that the movie gets less enjoyable. I actually kind of enjoyed it more as it went on, but I found that the first you know, 20 minutes or so, I, I found the introduction really interesting. Like I was pretty like, oh, I'm having fun here, and I'm interested to see what actually is going on, mm-hmm. who I'm actually following. You know, kind of just like, what's the deal here? It was a pretty good ride. Who made I also this? Like was this a Blumhouse give... movie? This
1: was a Blumhouse movie, yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, this is what... Fantasy Island wishes it was.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. I also like that this movie gives it to... It's pretty even-handed with its over dramaticizing of conservative or liberal talking points yeah. where like the conservative guys are, are crazy conspiracy people. And then the liberal people are overly like too liberal where you're just like, Oh my God, shut up. So like, it's just the total extreme of both sides of it. Yeah. I like that. The only good guy in this movie is the main character who's just a regular person. Yeah. And the only way that like, you can be sure that I guess she's there on accident because Hillary Swank makes a mistake and the only way you know that is because she read Animal Farm. Like she knows the plot to Animal Farm. And I'm like, I've never read Animal Farm. Is is that something most people have read? And I'm like, I know it's a famous book, but like is is that something most people have read if you're learned?
0: Uh yeah, I think so. I think I think for I think it's one of those books that there's like a handful of books that schools require. And every now and again there'll be one that's kind of dropped off here and there where you're like, "Oh yeah, I never read Great Expectations." But Animal Farm is one of those. I I never read it. I saw the movie as a kid and I thought it was good, and that was at school, but we never actually did read it. We didn't do a particularly good job of talking about the movie either. We just watched it. But I think I think a lot of places uh, a lot of people do read it. You know, it's it's a pretty high idea critical look at, like, political philosophy and stuff. So I could see where... It's a, it's a pretty good representation, especially with her actually hanging on to what the characters are and what they symbolize that it would sort of speak to this Hillary Swank character where she would go like, I did not expect that. (laughs) I I, I, I didn't think you'd even know who snowball was. Yeah. Ah, I
1: I mean, I, I know what animal animal farm is and I I just think it was like kind of a cheap way to show that she's educated and not like internet loser, Um, (laughs) but I didn't care. It's fine. This was a, this was a fun movie. A lot of good killing and uh, entertaining.
0: Yeah, I actually uh, I don't know why. Uh, you know what? Okay, so I have a completely irrational, completely unearned, not her fault dislike of Hillary Swank. Oh, really? I irrationally can't stand her. <laughs> and i believe i believe and, and this may be to her credit honestly i believe it probably comes from how much i wanted her dead in million dollar baby like i <laughs> hated that movie and really yeah yeah oh, i hated it and and at the end i'm like oh good she's dead good can we leave now are we done <laughs> like i don't care <laughs> I don't care at all and and the fact that it's the movie I have the problem with but that it carried over to her probably says she did a really good job. Um, and I do think she's a good a good actor. I think um, what was it that we saw that was super depressing? Boys don't cry. Uh-huh. You know, she did a really good job in that. And I can't say I've seen her in much else because I've avoided her like the plague. Like it, it, I know she was in that movie, The Core. Now I've heard that there are lots of reasons not to watch The Core, but I had one reason not to watch The Core, and it was enough. <laughs> and I was like, screw it, Hilary Swankson. I'm not messing with it. Um, I've never
1: seen it either. But all the reasons not to watch it are the reasons I want to see it. <laughs>
0: Well so so when she popped up I was like oh man I think at some some point in time I think I knew Hillary Swank was in this why did I watch this <laughs> And then I was like oh you know what she's fine I'm digging it she's good it's cool so I'm not going to go back and watch the whole library of Hillary Swank movies but I can from here say yeah that wasn't fair. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I wasn't being very nice to Hillary Swank. Well, I'll tell uh-huh. you what, though. She looks younger now than she did when I saw her in Million Dollar Baby, what, 15 yeah. years ago or whatever. Yeah. She looked well, like she was think, like 25. I think my
1: wife said that she has perpetually looked 50 years old, like what? even in that Karate Kid movie.
0: Wait, well, we're going in two different directions here. So Jill thought she always looked old.
1: Yeah. And I agreed. I was like, yeah, she does always look. She is always. Always looked old, huh? Because I thought she looked young in this. Oh no, she looks fantastic in this. But I think it's because her her body finally caught up to her face, huh? <laughs> like like she's finally the age she's supposed
0: to be. Hmm. I got nothing more on that. I just, yeah. Uh, I was like, wow, Hillary Swank. I have avoided you for however long, you know, at least over a decade.
1: And yeah, she's quite good. She's in a bunch of good stuff that I can't think of anything of right now.
0: So overall, I I would recommend the hunt. I too. And I, I think that if it offends you, you probably are a little bit too far in your own. Yeah. Uh, if, your head's if it too far you, up your you've ass. you've missed the point. Yeah, well, and 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 it might even be like a bit of a wake up call that like you're you're not really on any principles anymore. You're just caught up in some in, in some sidesiness. Yeah, because I I mean, with all the controversy around it, you would have thought that this movie like was actually really unfair to some group of people. Yeah, I guess yeah. I'll leave it at that. Unfair. I'm like this movie's just picking on the worst of people.
1: Yeah. Yeah, or the, the worst on in people on all sides of people. I, I feel like this controversy was stirred up by the marketing team in order to like make people want to see it.
0: Uh, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I it, it I guess it backfired if that's the case, because instead of being released in the theater. Well, I guess it, it was released in the theater, though. And then the world right. turned off. Yeah. And then we shut down. Um, I don't know how many people saw it in the theater. Do you know if it was a success? I do not. But I mean, I know I'm sure it was, it was made, on a Blumhouse. Put, it's a put,
1: Blumhouse level. Yeah, exactly. So a, as far as a financial success, yes, I think it was a, a financial success. But did it make a hundred million dollars? I don't think so. Right. But if it only cost $10 million to make and it made 60, then of course. I looked it up because you talked about The Purge the other week. Yeah, And that movie was made for, I think, $10 million, and it made like 150
0: worldwide, which is... Well, and that's why there are that's seven of it. Exactly.
1: All right, Matt, it's time for that moment on the show where we do our movie rankings list. Yippee You'll be excited to hear yeah. that I have created an algorithm formula within the Google Sheets program that will do all the math in real time for us. Oh, the technology, the technology has
0: progressed to the point where we can have real time math. I mean, this whole time, we've also had the ability to edit we could have just done the math and edited it out and had the answers right then. But, you know, OK, well, good job.
1: Finally, science has caught up to fiction. <laughs> All right, cool. So I've got your list open first. Perfect. And for Black Death, I think you're going to give this movie an overall
0: of three. Okay, let's find out. Story. Simple. Well put together. I I think this is going to be, in a lot of cases, how things get a four. When it's perfect for what it is, but it's not anything particularly amazing. So uh, I'm going to give it a four on story. okay. Acting. The acting's actually really good. I I don't know what to make of Eddie Redmayne because I feel like half the time I like him and half the time I can't stand him. So I don't I, I don't know if he's just one of those really inconsistent actors or if he just takes risks. You know, kind of runs with things and goes, okay, you know, people might like this, people might not. We'll see. He's perfectly fine in this movie. I give the acting a four. It's it's kind of similar. It's it's really good for what it is. It's not particularly meant to be amazing. Pacing, short movie. St- Steady build up. I'm going to give the pacing a four. Aesthetics. Mm. Nothing special. Gritty. Okay. Oh, you know what? Actually, there was, I forgot about this. There is a lot of handheld camera work in this, and it is actually a bit annoying sometimes. I'm not saying it's ineffective. There are probably scenes where it adds something to the tension that's good, but there are other times where I'm like, this, this does not need to be giving me a headache right now. So aesthetics, I'm going to give it a two and a half. And enjoyment overall, I think we're in a three and a half zone here. Definitely no lower, probably not high enough for a four. So three and a half. Yeah.
1: Well, according to the math, you gave that movie a three point six. Okay. Which is gonna put it right now in your like number six spot between Green Book and Itanya. But that might change depending on your other two movies.
0: Is Green Book above i Tanya? Yes. Huh, that surprises me. Okay, next up, Wildling. I think you're going to give this movie a three as well. <laughs> that's That sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> story, simple, pretty straightforward. Well, straightforward. I don't know if that's quite the right word, but uh, yeah. Hmm. I can't spoil anything here. I'm just going to say the story is a three. Performances, acting. Eh, this is a couple of funky lines here from... Live Tyler at points three, three. I almost gave it an extra half, but no, 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 no. We're going with three. <laughs> Pacing eh, three and a half. Yeah. It's definitely a movie that you're like, uh, I, I do have a couple questions, but I don't want it to be longer aesthetics. Nothing special. Nothing bad. Gets a three and enjoyment. I gotta say, like I was intrigued the whole time. This this falls into a a certain section of horror that it's kind of thinky horror. It's not quite as like what do they call that? Elevated horror. It's as like hereditary mm-hmm. or something. Uh, so enjoyment. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with three and a half on that.
1: And the computer has stopped its measurement. It looks like you're gonna give that a three point two.
0: All right. It stopped gonna, it's stopping. Measurement. Like, do you watch it compute? Is it like? Yeah. It's it. The beep fan beep slows beep, beep, down beep, beep,
1: beep, to a. Exactly. Right. The sound is off right now, but that's what it, it goes. Beep boop boop. Looks like it's in the range of better than birds of prey. Okay. Yeah. I have to place it, and I'm not doing that
0: right now. So. All right.
1: The hunt. I think you're going to give this movie a three and a half.
0: Okay. Story. I will give the story a three. The acting's good. Some of the characters are annoying and stuff, but it's not because of the performance. I'm going to go ahead and give the acting a four. And the pacing. This is a pretty well-paced movie. I'm going to give it a four. Aesthetics. I did not even notice them, really. It was fine. It was serviceable. Aesthetics get a three and a half. And enjoyment. I really... I had a good time. I am glad it wasn't longer. <laughs> it was it was right in the sweet spot. So I'm going to give the enjoyment a four. Yeah, when it ends, you're just kind of like, oh, good, it's over because I was done with this. Right.
1: It knows exactly when to get out. It looks like your overall is a 3.7 for the hunt. Okay. All right. On to my list. Matt, what do you think I'm going to give King Arthur legend of the sword three plot for this movie is pretty stupid i'm gonna give it a two acting was pretty good i'm gonna give it a three and a half pacing the movie lags a lot like it could be a lot quicker so i'm gonna give it a two aesthetic it looks great three and a half i like the way it was shot and the guy Ritchie stuff the, the real guy Ritchie stuff looks fantastic and like you wish you had so much more of that and then uh, enjoyment of this movie, I'm going to give it a two and a half. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It's it's very middle of the road. So that comes out to be about a 2.7 for me. Mm. What do you think I'm going to give Bloodshot?
0: I think you're going to give
1: Bloodshot a two. Plot, a one. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm going to give it a one and a half because it's, it's an interesting plot. It's just executed poorly. The acting is terrible. Uh, it gets a one. The pacing, I'm going to say... One and a half. It does kind of move along, but it does it does take forever. Aesthetic for the most part, it looks pretty good. Some parts look better than others. It's shot competently.
0: There's definitely a scene that was in the preview for that where I was like, why is this in the preview? This looks
1: terrible.
0: Yeah, there's like where plenty like of that, falling too. down an elevator shaft or something.
1: Yeah, that whole sequence is kind of weird, but it's, it's it goes on for forever, so you're like, oh, okay. So aesthetic, I'm going to give it a three. And then enjoyment, I'm going to give it a two and a half. I would watch this again i think really yeah oh god I, th- I think i would watch it again did you
0: hear yourself
1: talk about it i know isn't that stupid <laughs> um <laughs> Why uh, you watch it? what's the appeal it was stupid fun like but like you said i think i'd rather watch edge of tomorrow yeah like if, oh god yeah I, if it was on tv and there was nothing to watch i'd be like Oh, cool. Bloodshot. All right, Matt, what do you think I'm going to give The Hunt?
0: I think you're going to give it a three and a half.
1: Plot of this movie is pretty basic. It's nothing complicated. couple twists and turns. I'm going to give it a three. The acting is fine, if over the top. But that's what the characters are supposed to be, as you were saying. I think I'm going to go with a three. Pacing, movie flies. It does a great job of keeping you interested and moving on from set piece to set piece. I'm going to give it a four and a half for pacing. Aesthetic, it doesn't look special. It's kind of generic looking and bland and flat but it gets the job done but i'm gonna give it a two and a half for the aesthetic but enjoyment of this movie i'm gonna give it a four and a half i loved it i had a blast so that comes out to be a three and a half all right spot on now spy which is a movie i also watched i think i talked about it
0: (laughs) i think you're gonna give spy a two yeah two plot
1: for this movie it does have one so i'm gonna give it a two and a half (laughs) the acting is okay it's a lot of improv so it's like people change their characters from like scene to scene so i'm gonna give it a two pacing is a one it's way too long and brutal there's like one sequence when there melissa mccarthy's in a helicopter and her british friend is in another helicopter and they're just talking to each other across the way while they're in the air like talking out the window to each other and i'm like uh like you can't even talk to someone on a helicopter in a helicopter you have to have like those headsets on
0: yeah yeah
1: aesthetic movie looks pretty good it's directed by paul fag and he knows what he's doing so it it looks pretty good i would give it a three and a half but enjoyment of this movie i'm gonna give it a one and a half i just i just did not have a good time watching it and that score comes out to be a 2.1 it's higher than I thought it would be. Birds of prey. What do you think I'm going to give that?
0: I think you're going to give that one a. Oh man, I'm back and forth between two and a half and three. I'm going to go with two and a half. Plot is pretty good. It's interest. It's an
1: interesting story, and I and I was interested in seeing where it went up until the like. But I was never surprised by it. It just is pretty by the numbers kind of a story so i'm gonna give it a two and a half for story the acting for the most part's pretty good margot robbie's fantastic most of the people are fantastic i didn't have as big a problem with the kid as you did but she is annoying like she doesn't need to be in this movie i would give the acting a three and a half i did like it pacing i'm gonna give it a two and a half it does lag here and there could be a lot tighter the aesthetic i agree with you that it is like a lot of colors and it's a lot of very distracting but I enjoyed that of it I I liked how colorful it was and I liked The contrasting colors, and I liked the way most of it was shot with the the text on the screen and like the from Harley Quinn's point of view and stuff like that. I just wish it had been able to decide what it wanted to be a little bit more. You can feel a lot of studio interference in the final product of this movie, and I think it really shows. But uh, for aesthetic, I'm going to give it a three and a half. I I really enjoyed the way that it looked. And then enjoyment, I'm going to give it a three. Uh, I had fun. And... That averages out to be a score of three. Wow, ah, pretty I should good. Have given it the three. The gentleman. I think you're going to give that a four. The plot for this is not super complex or anything like that. It's it's an it's an average kind of a plot. It's just executed, like I said, extremely well. So I'm going to give the plot a three. The acting gets a four. McConaughey's fantastic. He's not really doing much, but he doesn't have to. And then Colin Farrell's great. Uh Colin Farrell is is who I would wish I would be if I was in this situation, where if when you see it, you'll understand. You'll be like, yeah, I kind of wish I was that guy. You want to be that guy going to talk to a crime boss? Pacing movie flies four and a half for pacing and aesthetic The movie gets a four and a half. It looks fantastic. And it's, it's great. And then Enjoyment, I am going to give it a four and a half. I loved this. I loved it. And it gets a final score of 4.1. I thought it would be higher. Kong, Skull Island. God, I watched so many movies.
0: <laughs> I, fe- I feel like it's going to get a... Three and a half. I'm not very confident about that half, but I'm gonna go with it. All right. So,
1: plot for this movie. It's pretty. It's a monster movie, but it's interesting. Like there are a few elements that are surprising here and there. So I'm gonna give the plot a three. Pretty decent plot. The acting is fine. John Goodman's really mailing it in. I keep forgetting that he was even in this movie. And then, like you could tell, he's like, I don't want to be in this movie anymore. (laughs) So then the monster eats him. (laughs) So I would give the acting a I'd give it a three. The monkey does a great job. Pacing, it could move a little faster, but overall, it's it's pretty good. Three. The aesthetic movie looks great, aside from a few janky special effects here and there, but I, I, I would give the aesthetic a three and a half. I liked it. And then enjoyment of the movie, I, this was a blast. This is what I want every monster movie I watch to, when I'm done watching it, I want to feel like this, where I'm like, oh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, so I'm going to give it a four. And my score for that comes out to be a 3.3 Finally, Pacific Rim
0: Mm, Let's see, because the pacing is going to be a problem I am going to say you give Pacific Rim a 3 Plot for Pacific
1: Rim is, it's pretty dumb it's it's monsters versus robots, but they set it up real quick. What's going on? They give you backstory, and and then they provide you with two hours of entertainment. So I'm gonna give it a three. <laughs> the acting is terrible in this. It's it's not very good, but it's like we were saying earlier. It's fun and it fits in its environment. So I'm gonna give it a three. Pacing it could be a lot tighter. Uh, I'm gonna give it a two for pacing. The aesthetic it looks fantastic. It really feels like you're in the post-apocalyptic future and the, the special effects look ter- or i'm sorry look fantastic and the set design is great special effects are great music sound all are great so i'm gonna give it a four and a half for aesthetic it looks fantastic it's a guillermo del toro movie where it looks fantastic but the story's not very good and then enjoyment of this movie i'm gonna give it a four it's pretty entertaining i love this movie my total score for that is a 3.3 if you would like to see our list to find out where everything stands, check it out. Go to thisweekinfilm.com, you'll find a link to our letterbox page and enjoy also the this week in film website is fixed it's working again so enjoy you'll find anything you want to know about the show there if you have a question that is not on the website and you'd like to get in touch with us or to just tell us what you saw in movies this week send us an email at this week in film podcast at gmail.com or contact us on any of the social networks which conveniently you can find links to on the website this week film.com not oh, now that it works, Matt. Anything for Midwest Matt recommends this week.
0: You know, I just really have been watching movies in the free time. So uh, you already heard everything I have to say about stuff this week.
1: Okay. Well, I guess if that is the end of the reel, we'll see you next week in film. And remember, as always, judge movies, not people. King Kong's got a lot of scars on his face.
0: But <laughs> you're gonna say King Kong's got a huge dick. Ha, ha, ha,